0: Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser, so hang out, and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hi. Hi. It's so glad to have you back. Kathy went a traveling. I did. you going to share with us about it?
1: Yeah, it was a really incredible trip. So um, I went to East Africa. I went to Tanzania. Uh, it's my second time. Very different trip this time. I love Africa for so many reasons, um, mostly because I get away from people and I get to see a lot of animals. But this time, um, I was really, really in the midst of nowhere up far and away, but I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, <clears throat> which was a really, really, really mental and physical, like pushed myself to limits that I didn't think my mind or body could ever go. The, the climb is 19,340 feet. So it's about 10,000 under Everest, Um, 10,000 is really not that much. We did 10,000 in a day, if that tells you anything. Um, I can say that um, summiting obviously was something I'm really proud of and just really fortunate to be able to sit here and say that I'm privileged enough to be able-bodied and fit and healthy enough to be able to see the very, very top of Africa. So Kilimanjaro is um, the highest point in the entire continent. And it's an inactive volcano that has not erupted in over 5,800 years, close to 6,000 years. People have been climbing it for a long time. So you get to go through all these different parts. So, So it's not like climbing a mountain. You're walking through volcanic ash. You're picking up pieces of Tanzanite. I mean, you're seeing things that you don't necessarily see um, the higher you go. Clearly it gets harder and harder and they acclimatize you, but you don't know if, if you're going to be able to make it to the top. And there's anywhere between 55 to 60% of people who start get all the way to the top of Uhuru Peak, which is the very, very top. Second to that would be Stella Point, And then third to that would be the base camp. I did make it all the way to the top and it was the most incredible experience to be able to stand up there. You're over the clouds and the night that you summit, you actually start at midnight. Um, and we made it, people make it between like six and eight hours. We made it in six hours and 15 minutes to Stella. And then I think it's 7.08 a.m. we reach the actual peak. And you look over and the sun's rising. It it took everything in my, my mind and body. Um, it was a very, very cold night that we summited um, with the wind chill. And he had said that they hadn't seen wind like that in over five years, we were looking at probably negative 25 degrees. Um, I was in six layers and almost got hypothermia, if that Mm -hmm. tells you anything. So my body, all the energy that I had to climb was put to warming my body. Right, And the people that Uh, Our guys are incredible. I mean, they sat me down. They put the rescue blanket over. They stripped (laughs) off my mittens. They put hand warmers on. They put other warmers on. It's like a whole thing. They're used to it too. They they open up a nutrition bar. They're (laughs) sticking it in my mouth and they're standing there. And then he looks at me. He's like, you can do this. Keep following my feet you will stay warm because there's a difference between someone who's being affected by altitude sickness right. versus someone who's cold. Yeah. Um, but he told me after he's like, I didn't want to tell you in the midst of it, but I did think that you might have been going into hypothermia, and I had to keep you moving. Yeah, yeah. And so the most remarkable point was. Around six o'clock that morning, I'm like, I don't even know what's moving my legs at this point. Now we're probably at about eighteen thousand five hundred, nineteen thousand feet. And he goes, "Kathy, Kathy," um. He's got this thick Swahili. Eye. He's the, our guides were amazing. And I go, I'm like, Boka, I can't do this anymore. And he goes, Look up, and I saw the first sign at Stella Point, um. And I just bawled. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, I made it. <laughs> it was, it was the, and then we stayed at Stella for about 20 minutes and then we walked up to hoodoo peak and, and you get to see the crater and you, Um, but it's f- what I, what I had posted on my site on Facebook and Instagram was to me, it was such a metaphor for pushing through unpredictability, fear, all of this like mental stuff, like the physical piece is one thing, yep. but I trained for this and did a lot of spin and running through trails and all that, knowing that I had to increase my lung capacity and all that. So that I was prepared for. There's something about overcoming the mental obstacle because at, and one of the reasons you climb at midnight is so you cannot see the top. Yeah. And they do that intentionally because it will psych you out. If you are starting at fifteen three, Fair. you've got to go to nineteen three. At yeah. that altitude, he's like, "If we let you start during the day, most people won't make it." Yeah, psychologically, like, and that's you are already six days in. Yeah, at that point, yeah, you
0: are already exhausted. <laughs> you are already you are already
1: five and a half days in at that point. So, um, it was the most remarkable, but by far the most challenging. And, and I think when we came down that day, you go up, it was five, uh, took us six hours to get up three hours to come down. I had a two hour nap and lunch and then another four hours down. Cause you've, so it was a good 15 hours mm-hmm. of climbing that day. By the time we got all the way down to that, the, the camp that we needed to be at, I sat down and I just went into a hysterical cry and it and my friend goes are you okay and I said I'm I've never been this exhausted. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz once you start to go down all the trails start to look this and you actually start to like your mind starts to fuck with you mm-hmm. and you're climbing down all these rocks it's it really is mentally the most tedious task I've ever done. Yeah, I can the, the depletion
0: Depletion that, that comes where it's just the depletion is the word I keep. That's
1: thinking totally of. what it was, and I still feel like I'm experiencing a little bit of it. I still feel like I have some adrenal depletion from it.
0: Yeah, my my assumption would be that there is a lot of good that can come from that kind of depletion. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be side effects to that in the upcoming weeks, where. I still feel physically the emptiness of that moment and your ability to recognize the emptiness of that moment and to be empty. Yeah. I think that that is powerful.
1: I think what's really interesting is, well, I did Machu Picchu a couple of years ago and that was hard, but, but to me, like nowhere near this, Yeah. um, and, yeah, I don't remember this reaction from you. From no, that. I mean it was hard. I mean, you and it proud, was, it <laughs> was, yeah, it was hard and it was fun and it was beautiful. This is a, this is far more dangerous. Yes, and intense. And and so I think like what you're describing is really sitting with me right now because after we did this, we flew out to the Serengeti for a few days, which was a really nice relaxation. But I was still on vacation. I was still kind of amped and excited to be on safari and all that and since i've been home and we're reco- we're pre-recording this is my third i got home late thursday night so friday saturday we're recording on a sunday it's really my third day i feel very depleted and i think it's because a lot of it now, it's like a latent response to what I couldn't feel when I was in the Serengeti. Absolutely.
0: I think it's going to keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, as your friend, what I would say off the air is I would say I would take the opportunity (laughs) to feel that emptiness Mm -hmm. and engage over this week in, until you get back to full, full defense, um, engage in sort of creative or self-exploration or, uh, whatever it is you want to do to mine that particular state, because that's not a state that
1: you're going to feel necessarily. It's really bizarre. Like I'm hungrier, like my body's craving more food. Um, which I don't know what that's about. I don't know if that's emotional or physical. Um, but I also was eating close to 5,000 calories a day. Um, mm-hmm. probably not enough. I probably needed more. Mm-hmm. So there's, I feel like nutrients mentally and emotionally are now like my body's like, we're acclimating again. Totally.
0: Totally. And that's why I'm encouraging, like you'll do the food and all that, you know how to do that. But like yeah. I'm encouraging that um, imaginal uh, emotional and mental feeding. And that's why you mentioned yeah. the word creativity. Cause I think it's a really ripe, state a really ripe time to be able to feed your
1: psyche and your soul,
0: um, not just your body. So, yeah, yeah.
1: no, it's, yeah. I mean, so, but on a lighter note, just to end with, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen to be up that high and above the clouds and literally overlooking something that many people will never see. I'm, I'm just feel so fortunate to have, I was kind
0: of curious if there were like thoughts or visions or things that you were using when you were the most scared not to finish or the most challenged Mm. mentally, if there were things that you relied on in those moments, or if those moments were a blankness and an emptiness too.
1: I think that's a really good question. So two things, one uh, I trusted my guides because they are first responders and they knew whether I really could or could, could not continue to go. They knew what to look for. So there was that. There was just the blind trust of knowing them for a week and going, so far they've been on point and they have a liability and they're not going to push me if they don't think I can. And then the other part was it was the most mindful experience in the sense that I could only think about one foot in front of the other There was nothing there. It got to a point where it was blank and it was left, right, left, right. And I was following his feet because I was so cold. He goes, Keep following me and you'll warm up. The second you stop, that's when you're going to start to feel this. So my mind went into total survival. I wasn't afraid necessarily. It was more like, I just need to, I trust that if I keep going. And then, like, all of a sudden, he goes, we're about an hour away. I thought we were like 10 hours still, mm-hmm. even though it only t- took us six. Um, all It was like, I don't know where time had gone. Mm-hmm. It, there's almost a dissociation that happens that I remember looking at him and going, who moved my legs? <laughs> How am I here? How did I get here? Because you do get to a point, because all of my, my energy had gone to preserving my temperature I was running on empty mm-hmm. and had no a- appetite because of the altitude and all of that. So they were literally forcing protein bars down my throat that I could only eat about half of because I thought I was going to vomit.
0: Yeah, it's too much.
1: And it was, ch- it's literally, you are in pure survival present moment it's all you can think about well
0: and that's the other thing that would be amazing for you to pull out of it or for anybody that has any sort of like uh, anxiety Exa- or any it's of one that, of the reasons i did it is that absolutely is that you i you have the potential to kind of like through whatever exploration you choose to engage in in these following weeks you have the potential to really hone in and 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 trap that feeling yep. of being able to mindfully get through things.
1: That's the, 150%. And I walked away from that and said, wow, it took me being 19,000 feet <laughs> up plus some where no one could technically, I couldn't call my sister-in-law. I couldn't mm-hmm. check in. That, that was another thing. A week of being completely off Wi-Fi, not being able to contact people. I mean, my friend was there, but, you know, there were things like from altitude, I would wake up and my eyelid and face would be totally swollen and I'd have to look at it and go... I'm okay. Mm-hmm. This is just altitude. That, but you, I looked at my face. I'll show you a picture. And I'm like, ah, my face <laughs> is melting. I'm only 43. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I was like, what is going on? You know, I mean, I, and she's like, I think it's the altitude. And I go ask my guide. He goes, it, it's because <laughs> my face is melting. I mean, my eyelid looked like someone had punched me in the face. <laughs> and like, you. you wake up like that. And then there's another morning that I'm trying to do something. and My hands are totally shaking. So then all of that somaticization, that anxiety, and I had to hone in on that and go, You're fucking fine. Mm -hmm. You are reacting to feeling out of control. Mm your hands are shaking now you're developing the somatic feeling that something could be wrong or neurologically wrong which none of that is going on it's all of the all the stuff coming in that's going if something bad happens you're not going to be able to make it to the top and if you don't make it to the top you're fucking failure which is not the truth because it's really hard and many people don't make but it but that's what i asked
0: one of the thoughts that kept you going was that thought is that you yes. wanted to succeed yes yeah, and absolutely. so
1: i had to get through all of the somatic hypochondriacal anxious, weird shit that happens to your body as you start to get higher and higher and go, knock it off. You are fine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it worked Yeah. some, at some point, Shannon, when that stuff, like I would wake up and maybe it was worse the next day, I'd go, eh. I got to a point where I just let it go,
0: which is amazing. And, which so, is- and so, and so keeping that and holding that and putting that in a, in a box that you can access, is so powerful, right? And how to figure out how to tap into that when you're going to be really far away from it, yeah. eventually mentally, right? Yeah. So it's pretty I incredible. Just, I think that's awesome, and I'm really,
1: really happy. It's an for exercise you. in mental health for sure.
0: Oh my god, for sure. Depleting the body to tap into the soul and the mind is like boom do it and then when it's
1: over you're all of a sudden fine <laughs> like all that stuff like <laughs> yeah. starts to go away and you're like well
0: oh. you're like where was all the drama yeah why why am i not in the drama so so we'll turn left now and you were looking for something lighter yeah i've got it for you okay i want to i want to see it. okay so here's what happened um our friend and patron ice oh ice man decided he needed to send you something and I believe that this thing came out of a conversation on the discord, but I, what's going to happen now is you're going to open the Amazon box okay. that is to your right, which okay. I have opened for you. So all you have to do is flip and look, got so it.
1: go for it. First of all, mm, um, go ahead. I love ice yeah. and our conversation. So it doesn't surprise me <laughs> that you do something like this, but now I'm very curious. So I'm to open it. Oh yeah. Okay, good. So she's got the, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my god this is i'm gonna have to pose in the picture where he's holding it in his lap okay so so let me describe what i have here ice this is fucking hysterical and terrifying so we watched a movie called clown motel clown hotel motel Motel, I think. Yeah. Um, So it's a comment. This is a combination of a couple different conversations we've had. I'm terrified of clowns in general, but we watched this movie called Clown Motel. And there's a scene that, I mean, none of the scenes make sense, but there's a scene where, like, one of the the human non clowns is getting, I guess, sodomized by a clown. And then he's sort of out of it. And the next scene, he's being wheeled out and he's holding a pinata. (laughs) And, And I says something like, Why is, is that a (laughs) piñata? And I don't know what it was about the way he typed it and just the intonation, but I fucking lost it. And it became this ongoing joke of, is that a piñata? So I have a clown (laughs) piñata. It's
0: the head of a clown. It's the
1: head of a clown. We'll take a picture. This is awesome. Ice, thank
0: you so much. I love this. I'm told it holds three pounds of candy. So we're going to stuff it. My thought was, is that we need to stuff it with three pounds of candy yeah and then i don't know for halloween beat the shit out of it i think you will need beat it open we'll hang it literally from the middle of the studio i'm
1: just (laughs) automatically looking forward to this halloween being so much better with now the pandemic becoming under control and people getting vaccinated i think we're going to do some cool events so So exciting so
0: anyway there's your clown pinata of this (laughs) oh my god Uh, i've been waiting to give that That to that is so funny amazing thank you ice (laughs) All right, so now the next thing we would like to do is a little... Horror oh, with a girl! I segment we like to call that. <laughs> she couldn't even wait.
1: Horror effects with calf, y'all. I had like the lead singer syndrome You're where totally like, you do on to the mic! <laughs>
0: she, grabbed, she put both hands around the mic and sang. Okay. I'm glad it gives you joy.
1: It does. To torment me, really. <laughs> no, <laughs> number one. The lead actor that could also be an actress Mm -hmm. uh wore a prosthetic neck for the decapitation scene (laughs) that does not narrow shit down but what is the film (laughs) (laughs) go ahead number two this horror movie was originally written as a straight drama about a family dealing with the sudden death of a loved one number three The cast coincidentally had the same dynamic as the family. So I guess they played out, which...
0: Mm, Doesn't shock me at all. No,
1: it's just like group therapy, right? Yeah, totally. Um, Number four, an Australian theater accidentally played this trailer before the movie Peter Rabbit. (laughs)
0: Whoops, whoopsies. Sorry, didn't mean to traumatize all of your children.
1: And then this film also has many similarities with another film from 2015 called The Witch. I like that movie. Um, I don't
0: know. Hereditary. Oh, hmm. Imagine
1: seeing that before Peter Rabbit.
0: No. Nope. Nope. That's a big nope for me. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. Mm -hmm. I like Hereditary. Mm -hmm. I like that movie. I haven't actually rewatched that at all. Um, I was going to mention a couple of things. I think you have a thing to mention as well, but I just wanted to mention really quickly that there's that one of your favorite movies turns 20 this year the others oh
1: is that already 20 years old yeah it
0: turned 20 this year as did jason x by the way but um (laughs) i almost watched that the other night yeah and i think that's i mean i'm gonna make a guess that that's why they decided to stream it because it literally just went to streaming um Anyway, and then there's a couple of movies that turned 35. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors turned 35. Manhunter, which we just watched for the Hannibal Lecter episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Mm -hmm. The Fly and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer turned 35 as well. Wow. Hitting middle age. Yeah. Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah, you were gonna say something too, I think. I just have a quick mental health piece. (laughs) <laughs> what sorry i'm laughing because it's like when have our mental health pieces ever been quick but go
1: ahead well, i'm gonna make it quick because yes ma'am i mean we've covered some of this but there's a really good article in the new york times um it'll be now something you'd probably have to look up online because we pre-record this um called prepare yourself for gathering so we're talking about reintegrating from the pandemic this is a conversation i've started to have with various clients of mine who are now really experiencing a lot of social anxiety and also, um, um, stimulus overload Mm -hmm. now when they start to go back out. And so, um, this article just talks a little bit about how give yourself some patience because hanging out with people might take more effort, setting boundaries for what you can tolerate, but at the same time, start to gradually safely start to gradually reintegrate because, um, I think what we're going to see is a, is a polarity of people who are going to go out and be totally stupid and other people who are, don't think they're even allowed to go out on their front lawn. Mm-hmm. And just remembering that a year of isolation can mm-hmm. really do a lot to the psyche. So this article just kind of goes into how to maybe self-care around getting back to normal life. I think that's so important. I mean, I can mm-hmm. say just personally,
0: you know, when my workplace decided that it was then... The edict came down of like we expect you to come to work every day. Yeah, which happened recently. Before that, we were doing sort of sort of a fifty percent thing, um, and now because uh, the agency is vaccinated, basically mm-hmm. every most employees are vaccinated. Um, there was an edict of like, okay, now we do expect you at your workstation, and mm-hmm. so the reactions to that have been pretty interesting. You know, I mean, I can be honest in my reaction was, you know, a little bit of hesitancy a little bit of like childish opposition to it in my mind. And I re but I, of course, I mean, not of course, but I did realize that mentally it was going to be better. Like Mm -hmm. I needed to do that. And, but also mentally not wanting to, And so, but I acknowledged that as a sort of isolation, you know, byproduct. Right. That it was just not wanting to, you can just, I just felt the feeling that people must feel when they start to have agoraphobia or anything like that, where I, I mean, I didn't have those feelings, but I I got a little glimmer of the oppositionalness that I had to like leaving to go to work and being around a lot of people. Yep. And so... Of course, I was like, I'm uh, luckily healthy enough to just go, yes, but you're going to do it anyway. right? And so I started doing it and it has been good for my mental health because even though I go to the office and I I happen to be in a position where I have an office where I can close the door, I'm in my closed door office most of the time. I do have to wear masks and Mm -hmm. observe all the rules and six feet and all that. So I'm isolated at work too. But I come out of my office, I go to the restroom, I do table touches, you know, like I see people, I have conversations, my supervisees, actually, I'm, I'm asking them to come to supervision physically, you know, so I get it. Like, it's a
1: thing. It is um, having that conversation with my associate this week and asking her, what are you ready for? yeah there are people that are not
0: interested in coming to the office and having much more um dramatic reactions than I am yeah so
1: yeah yeah I think and I think you know she um has kind of been in and out through the whole thing, but i I think we're getting back to a place now, and she she has some younger clients where you know really encouraging her to come back in because the quality of the work when you're working with younger it's it really is hard to do over telehealth i mean i don't see kids anymore well yeah
0: my whole department is kids as you know kids yeah. and families and so um actually because we are frontline mental health in um you know lower ses communities A lot of them, except for brief periods of time when the numbers were very spiked, you know, the first four or five months, and then right around the holidays, except for those exceptions, um, many of our, um, what's called a family specialists, which are the ones that work directly with the kids, have been in the field the whole time Mm. because you know, there's only a certain amount of zoom that a lot of kids will even tolerate. And especially kids with really difficult and challenging behavioral issues, which is what we deal with. So yeah, for a fair. So we did a buddy watch. We did. And that buddy watch I chose actually, I think, and it's called slacks. It's a 2020 movie and it's spelled S L A X X. And it's a reference to slacks, like pants, like wearing pants. So, I watched this, I try to watch many of my horror movies these days, not all, but many of them in the discord. So if you are interested in, you know, a group of, a small group so it's not intimidating at all a small group of really like like like-minded really intelligent really funny really fun people to watch movies with please consider joining our patreon and then come in the discord and watch movies because i watch slacks with um ice and freckles who's actually a new a newer patron of ours so thank you so much freckles for being a patron but we (laughs) We watch slacks. So let me just give the little line item, log line, so that everyone knows what we're talking about. When a possessed pair of jeans begins to kill the staff of a trendy clothing store, it is up to Libby, an idealistic young sales clerk, to stop its bloody rampage. So Kathy and I did not watch this movie together. Um, What did you... (laughs) Please tell me. She's smiling from ear to ear, so I know she has a thought. I
1: am obsessed (laughs) With this movie. It's amazing. I'm obsessed. (laughs) And I want to watch it again. And again, first of all, like just being able to see... F- like female writers and horror directors straight out the gate do something this brilliant and and there, I mean it it it's everything from horror to comedy to politics to yeah I mean, there's, there's a, a social message but social not message too, not too heavy handed it's not it's just enough but when when <laughs> when she bangs her head against the wall and gets the bindi I lost it ah,
0: at one point uh, Freckles said uh, am I is it is it bad that I'm I there's this one point. So the pants, yeah, without spoiling anything, but actually t- attempting to entice our audience to watch it. The pants walk, growl, talk you know, pant, they (laughs) they do all sorts of things. And at one point the pants were walking and freckles was like, is it weird that this is both hilarious and terrifying? (laughs) Because that was really what I Mm -hmm. thought too. And I, I even wrote it down when she said it, because I was like, that's exactly what this is. It's like, you're you're looking at it like it's hilarious and d- stupid and weird because it's, you know, possessed pants, but then also pretty terrifying. Well,
1: it, it is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, the scene where she's folding the clothes and listening to the music and all of a sudden it starts like dancing behind her. <laughs> I, I'm like, why? And I totally agree with, with Freckle said yeah, that. Yeah. I totally agree with that because I'm like, I'm so entertained and really kind of disgusted and terrified all at once. <laughs> but then I'm not going to give anything away. The last shot, the ending was so powerful. And all of a sudden it's like you're hit with the reality of what the film is about. I mean, you already know at this point, but it really just kind of smacks you in this really appropriate and not over the top kind of way. I appreciated this movie so much and for it to be as short as it was and to care about the characters Mm -hmm. and to be invested in the story loved it. I was so happy because I had been following,
0: I mean, I had talked about it on the show. I think I did it as a news item. You and I both had, yeah. I had been anticipating it and you know, so much of the time that doesn't go well. Right. Uh, But I also, you know, I mean, killer jeans, like killer pants. Like I was at least going to be amused So, I knew that it would at least be fun to talk about. I had no expectations. But it was actually good.
1: (laughs) I had no expectations. I was like, okay, we'll see. You know, a lot of these are like, whatever. I was like, this is
0: awesome. This is so fun.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Awesome. I'm I'm just so glad we both.
1: I hope it gets more hype.
0: I hope it does too. Well, we're doing our part. That's all we can do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're hyping it right this minute. Um, I would like to talk about a movie that kind of goes along with that. That is a very different kind of, <laughs> I watched a movie called killer sofa 2019. So this movie keeps kept coming up in my prime recommendations. Yeah. You know how you watch some shit and yes. then some other yes. shit gets recommended. And so w- while I was you know, we were watching the Slacks movie. I was like, I would like to watch some more movies where inanimate objects come to life. And so I watched both Killer Sofa and Killer Donuts. Killer Donuts was another. Is another one. I'm just saying. It's called Attack of the Killer. Donuts. Oh, okay. Well, oh, then somehow that's better. I don't know. I, no, but I was wanting to be specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Killer Sofa, 2019. A killer reclining chair. It's not even a sofa, kids. It's your grandpa's... False advertising. It's your grandpa's reclining chair. It's right there on the poster. A killer reclining chair becomes enchanted by a girl and starts committing crimes of passion. Okay, so this movie is an altogether different animal in the sense that, well, it's a chair and not a pair of pants, but also it's more low budget. And so it's got that wow this is bad but i can't stop watching it kind of feel to it (laughs) which so it's a comedy horror and a bit of fantasy and also the recliner walks growls talks as well oh
1: my god what
0: year was this made 2019 it does not look like it because there's you know less money but it definitely looks like it could have been made in, you know, like 1987 or something. Okay. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, also. Well, i <laughs> just on the discord, but you know, it, it, there's one point I'll just say this. There's even one point where during the movie you get the like Jason POV. Oh, God. you get the inside the chair POV. <laughs> Like the old giallo Giallo. with the black glove. Totally. Because there are buttons on this chair and the buttons are the eyes. And then there's a mouth. That makes sense. Because
1: that's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. The chair was the same. Except
0: the the recliner stands up and walks. (laughs) And then you get the Jason POV. I, I, okay, so. I enjoy watching these kinds of s- stupid movies. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's like a subgenre of horror. It's like these low-budget, stupid, and some of them are better stupid than others, right? There's like yeah. there's just stupid and bad, yeah. and then there's a recliner that has a mouth, <laughs> which I was amused. Was by. it scary at all? Uh, uh, no. I mean, I no. <laughs> now the attack of the killer donuts was 2016 please,
1: please i'm please indulge i what is this about okay. i mean it's about
0: yes donuts but it is killer donuts in fact. play this out for me a chemical accident turns ordinary donuts into bloodthirsty killers so are they life-size this is going to be my recommendation over the killer sofa um no they're donut sized <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god so they're little guys
0: they're Definitely donut sized. Okay. They they. I don't remember them growing. Um, people who watched it with me could tell me I'm wrong, but okay. So I'm, like I said, I would recommend this. If you're looking for like a silly killer inanimate object movie, I would recommend this over the killer sofa one. Cause you know, ain't got time for so is all of this them. This is
1: supposed to be funny. Yeah. Okay. Thank God for that. Action, comedy, horror. Because if, 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 if K- the Attack of the Killer Donuts was taking itself seriously, we'd have a problem.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Not serious at all. In fact, what I will tell you besides that premise that I just told you is that these donuts fly. Oh, they, The holes have mouths at one point.
1: <laughs> I got to look this up.
0: And then not to be too disgusting or suggestive, but the donut hole has a mouth and is a bloody hole too sometimes because oh, because the because the donuts are oh my like god they have teeth yes they have teeth it's like little piranha donuts well
1: it looks like um like uh like some sort of sea urchin or something <laughs> I don't know oh my it God, was a lot of fun the, this image oh this looks kind of fun
0: it was a lot of fun and i did watch it on the discord and i am happy to watch it with you on the Discord, when you, whenever you are. oh my God! Are. There's
1: a trailer for Attack of the Killer Donuts. This is hilarious. This guy's like, <laughs> he's he's like, oh, and they're all flying in his face.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when I just look at what Prime recommends because I'm watching trash and I want to want something else that's trash. And this is what happens when you watch a movie that's rated like three point seven out of ten.
1: There's a there's a snapshot <laughs> of a woman getting like it flies at her face. She's in a robe yes, and yes. it's sticking to her face. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. It's, it's um, amazing. I think, I think it's a happy place for those of us who like comedy, trashy horror movies. So anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to talk with slacks. So I wanted to talk about the other inanimate killer.
1: Got thing, it. Thingies. Got it. Um, got it. Over to you. <laughs> see which one I'll start. I'll start with the short one first. Um, I watched a true crime doc on, Ooh, prime, I think. Mm. Um, Cropsey. Have you seen Cropsy? Uh-huh. Yeah. What'd you think of Cropsey? I mean, not recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, so it's a, it, it's a Tribeca Film Festival documentary. So I thought, you know, I'm going to check it out. It's, uh, oh God, how do I even want to describe this? It's basically everyone's, every parent's biggest nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cropsey is, um, Sorry, I thought I had the the thing pulled up here. It's an American documentary film. Um, The film initially begins an examination of Cropsey, a boogeyman-like figure from New York City urban legend, before segueing into the story of Andre Rand, a convicted child kidnapper from Staten Island. Uh, I thought overall it was a pretty decent documentary. If you don't know much about the story, it doesn't give you much more than just the content that you could look up on your own mm-hmm. but it's a pretty terrifying you know the more that these come out you really realize especially during this time um which i believe it it was the 80s 70s or 80s let me find that um how many of of these killers existed i mean we're just mm-hmm. seeing more and more of these documentaries coming out about these child kidnappers and killers there's another there's a another one that at some point Um, I've thought about maybe doing with you and bringing, uh, so, you know, my brother was on the show a couple of years ago, his wife, my sister-in-law actually had a run in with this guy, which is the Oakland County child killer. This is a, I, I, you know, I grew up in Michigan and it was a really big case at the time. And she had, um, contacted people and, and, and done some background stuff on this because she's pretty sure as a, as a child, the car, the car that pulled up that wanted her to get it. she's. 99.5% sure that it was him because it fit in with where she was, where he was located at the time. Uh, And so this, this sort of reminded me of that. And um, these are those documentaries that really freak me out because it really is the, you know, we've talked, we talked about uh, the boogeyman on a, a Patreon and these are people who we imagine are in horror films or, don't really exist. And when you see the amount of documentaries come out around this time of the people that got away with it and how terrifying it was, the documentary in itself was okay, but I think it's more of just the idea of these type of people existing. And Mm -hmm. so overall, I mean, it was pretty decent. It was an average documentary, but the story is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And and maybe might urge people to look into the story just by...
1: Well, and, and I think there's a lot around like at, at the beginning of this, they thought that Cropsey was sort of an imaginary urban legend. And mm-hmm. then they started to realize, mm, okay, this urban yeah. legend has come to life and this isn't a real person. This is yeah, happening for sure. Yeah. Awesome. You got another one? I do this one. I, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen it. Cause you've seen everything, but I just don't remember <laughs> if you, I don't remember if you've talked about it. Very unassuming, at least for me it was, when I, I I had a lot of time flying back on the plane. And I'm like, eh, let's see if there's any good horror. And I just got captured by this movie. And I don't know why. And I don't know if I'm, because it, it got like whatever reviews. Did you see The Empty Man? Mm-mm, but it's really, um, it's really it has a lot of traction in my horror community that I go through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So on the trail of a missing girl, an ex cop comes across a secret, uh, a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. Okay. First off that description is very unappealing to me. Right. Okay. Cause supernatural stuff is just overdone. Generally speaking, you don't like it. Generally speaking, I'm like, eh, it's going to be a four out of 10. I loved that the actors that they used were like semi-known. Not so you are watching it feeling like you are really in it because not big stars, right? The lead guy, um, God, what's his name? James James Badge Dale was awesome,
0: Uh and he
1: plays the lead dude. He's like the detective, anyway. There's such a, there's a mental health piece. There's a supernatural piece. There's a horror piece. There's a suspense piece. There's an action piece. I was like, it was two hours and 17 minutes. Wow! Films like that for me, you, I usually have to watch in pieces. Mm-hmm. And I understand I was on a plane, but I could have stopped it and gone totally. to something and come back. I was so captured by the story and, and the plane was all dark. Yeah, perfect. That I was like, I felt like I was on this run with him.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Lately, I've actually been um, watching movies in, in the studio, actually, with mm-hmm. um, uh, like through my computer and
1: monitors with headphones
0: in yeah. and the lights off because that just gives no, you, you, you have that to. Vibe. the
1: ambiances, especially so, without having movie theaters right now.
0: Right. And I'll take that as a note because what I'd really love to do is watch that maybe before this airs and then. I can let you know because that sounds right at my alley oh it's so good and and like I said the horror communities that I sort of travel in online have been talking about this movie so it's been on my list so
1: pleasantly surprised and everyone in it that's great everyone's good I don't think there's a bad performance in it that's amazing (laughs) yeah how often does that happen I know
0: especially with unknowns right yep I love that. And I do I do love a, a good movie with unknowns in it because it really does.
1: Well, a lot of times with these lead actors too, like these, you know, cuz he plays a very authoritative, you know, he he's a retired detective and they can be very one-dimensional, but his character arc and you finding out what happened to him and his psyche and his guilt and his trauma, it's like that is all in a horror film that's really hard to do without yeah. like over like too
0: much going playing on playing too big a hand yep. for sure. That's awesome. No, yeah. I'm going to totally uh, watch that because now I've heard it from you and from community and, okay. and, and I, you know, I don't believe it's good stuff. Seems like it's a good one. Um, so thanks so much everybody for listening. Uh, Oh wait, we got to talk about, uh, Clarice. Oh, right. Episode five of Clarice. Uh, came out while you were gone mm-hmm. and um the next episode of clarice what i read was coming up this week uh april 1st i think and so there has there's only been one right. since you were gone so um we will not get to that episode until like a couple weeks from now um but yeah what do you think it was okay i mean she you know she's drugged and confined to the
1: hospital bed.
0: This is one of those ones where it's like, remember when Buffalo Bill, you know, had the girl in the, in the, in the well. And now Clarice is having like, she gets kidnapped and then she has all of these, uh, like visions and stuff in her drugged out state of being Buffalo Bill's victim basically, but Mm -hmm. she's really not. She's being, she's so, you know what I think? I think this is them setting up their connection. You know, the, the Buffalo Bill kidnapped E that we thought we talked about it last time where, it's like that, that relationship or that connection is probably kind of the base of an emotional arc that's happening in the mm-hmm. show. And I think they're trying to say that, you know, Clarice is going to have a, had a similar experience and then somewhere in the show, maybe those two connect on a trauma level or some shit. I don't know. We shall see. I, um, I hope it's that profound. <laughs> You're saying I should let them know that that's what they should do with this I'm just
1: saying I, it needs to do something.
0: Yeah, we're not, we're, we're a little, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just fine because most uh, cable shows on regular network are sort of not... I mean, we watch horror, (laughs) like, like they're not going to get us going usually in the confines of cable television. Right. But every now and then. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.